We're in uh, Psalm 23, and we're in the very last verse. And we've been talking about uh, all these things about having a, 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 a heavenly father who's our shepherd. The fact that he takes care of all our needs, that we're, we're never in want. The fact that he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That he'll take us through these valleys of the shadow of death and uh, we fear no evil because he's with us. And um, so this morning... We're going to talk about God's goodness and loving kindness. But before we do, I wanted to talk to you about um, uh, when, when Lisa and I, we, we bought a house when we were young and stupid uh, and then almost lost that house for the very same reasons. Uh, and so when we got kind of everything painted and kind of fixed up, we decided to start a family. And so we got a puppy. Um, and... I had this vision of me and my dog, like I'd be in my Jeep. I didn't have a Jeep at the time, but I just pictured myself in a Jeep with the top down and my dog next to me. And the dog's like super well trained and like can do stuff and go get me stuff out of the fridge and like all this, like a real smart dog. And if I took the Jeep that I didn't have at the time, but if I took it, we'd go hunting, which I've never been. And uh, we'd go fishing, which I don't like. But we do this because of this guy and his well trained smart dog. And we'd go to Vaughn's and I'd park my Jeep. even with the top down and the dog would stay there because it was so well trained and I'd go into Vons and get something and, 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 and there'd be kittens all around but the dog would just stay there, wouldn't even care about the kittens because my dog was well trained. It was a perfect dog. And so I did some research and the dog that I picked was an Australian Shepherd. Okay? Because they're super smart they have one blue eye, which was going to match the, is going to work with the interior of my new Jeep. And, uh, and, 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 and it'd have a bandana, you know, and, and really, really cool. Um, and so we went out, um, into the Inland Empire and, and we got an Australian shepherd puppy. And, um, so the thing about a well-trained dog is that you actually have to train it. And so the puppy was cool. And then the other thing about dogs is they start out as puppies, but then they become dogs. And not well-trained, hyperactive, smart dogs uh, and no Jeep uh, has a totally different look. And so I took the dog to the dog training and... uh, and I do, you know, all the stuff you're supposed to do. And we do like silent commands. And the dog like started learning and, and it, it was turning out okay. Until on the same day, I think when the dog was about one years old, both the dog and I got the realization that the dog was smarter than me. <laughs> like I looked down and he looked up. And he's like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. And, and what happened, the way it all came down was um, I would do this training where you'd put the dog there and then you'd back up. And you remember this? You'd back up and then the dog would stay and then you'd, you know, have it come to you. And then, and you keep working on this until we got to like half a block. And I'm just like, this is it. I'm ready to make a down payment on the Jeep. And, uh, and so the dog one day was there and I said, come. And the dog came running 
and just ran right by me. Like, this is way better than your stupid idea. And this became the pattern of that dog. That dog just wanted to get out. Because here's the thing about Australian shepherds. They love to run and they need a job to do. You can't just have what I wanted. That dog, that dog's breed couldn't provide for me. I wanted a calm, stoic dog that just did everything I wanted. What I wanted was like a golden retriever, okay? What I got was Satan. (laughs) That dog, and and what would happen is the dog would get out, and I just, I would get furious because I knew there goes an hour, and I tried everything. I tried to, I tried the whole thing. Well, fine then, go get hit by a car, see what I care. I'd close the door and wait for the dog to like come, you know, you were right. The dog had never come back, you know, and so I'd go out, I'd be looking around, and what the dog would do is the dog would see me coming and would kind of turn his back like pretending like I, I, that he didn't see me. But then he'd go and look over at me. And I knew I was caught. I'd get so mad. So the only way I could get the dog is if the dog went down the, a driveway, I could like, now again, this is like 10, 11 at night sometimes. I'm in somebody's driveway like this, okay? And like, okay, this is it. And the dog would start running. And then I'd, you know, I, I'd like try to fake and then ju- jump on the dog a- anyway. The dog, uh, so ter- turn to Psalm 23, <laughs> verse 6. <clears throat> it says, uh, Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's coming back around. Don't worry about it. That word follow... If you want to circle that word in your Bible, surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. It's, that word is used 140 times in the Old Testament and only twice is it translated follow. Every other time it's pursue, chase after, persecute, run down. It's just in this verse that they translated it to follow. And, 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 and when we read this, we get this idea that goodness and loving kindness are like the obedient little lap dog that just follows us all around wherever we go because we love Jesus. And so goodness and loving kindness are going to follow us all the days of our lives. If they were dogs, goodness would look like this. And... <laughs> And loving kindness would look like this. Okay? I mean, that's what we want. We want, we want, you know, anytime I want some goodness, I just pick it up and I go, oh, so great. You know, oh, God. No, I'm just kidding. Right? Anytime I want some loving, ki- some, some loving kindness, it's right there with me. They'll follow me all the days of my life. I just turn around and there are my obedient dogs. But that's not God's goodness and it's not his loving kindness. His goodness and his loving kindness pursue us. They chase us. It it, it looks more like this. That's goodness and that's loving kindness. See, the idea is that God has called us into this great relationship with him in the flock with the shepherd and we are just prone. Everything in us wants to wander away. 
And God's goodness and his loving kindness say, no, 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 no. Come on back. Come on back. Why are you going out there? That's not going to work. Don't do that. Again, again, they're like Australian shepherd dogs. The nature of God corralling us into him. Say, no, no, no. That's not going to work. If you pursue that, you're going to die. Get Come back, come back. Goodness and loving kindness are in pursuit of us. And goodness, check this, and loving kindness are in pursuit of everyone around us. God pursues those he loves. God pursues those he loves. And he loves you and he loves me. And oftentimes his goodness and his loving kindness feel more like nipping at our heels and yapping and barking, going, no, 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 come on, back in, back in, don't go that way. And sometimes we just like, we, we, we want to bolt because we want to get away from God. We want to try our own thing. And we're trying to take goodness and loving kindness and make them lap dogs that come to us whenever we want, that we can stroke on the top of his head and say, good boy or good girl. But that is not God's nature. God's nature comes after us. They pursue us. They chase us. All the days of our lives. And some of us are here right now and God has been hounding you. And even as I'm talking, you're going, not again. Because that's what he does. He pursues those he loves. And he loves you. And that boss that's down the hall, that's super annoying, God's pursuing him too. And that neighbor that is doing stuff that you should, they shouldn't be doing, God's pursuing that neighbor. And God's pursuing your uncle. And God's pursuing your kids who are on their making bad decisions. God, the living God, is pursuing them. Because God pursues those he loves. Hebrews says, and he chastises every son that he receives. Our nature is to bolt. And oftentimes God is just, th- these dogs of goodness and loving kindness are relentless. I mean, my dog, my Australian shepherd dog, that dog could run all day long. I'd take him to a like, dog park or whatever, and he'd just run and run and run and run. All the other dogs, are he'd just run and run and run. He never got tired. Now, can you imagine? We have a heavenly father who wants to be in relationship with us so much that he doesn't give up on us. Our heavenly father doesn't give up on us. Now, I, I want to read... Um, this part of Jonah, um, because this really kind of b- brings it all together of this idea of God's loving kindness and his goodness pursuing us, chasing after us, constantly corralling us. Even when we don't want to have anything to do with it, even when we're bolting the other way, uh, he releases the hounds <laughs> and off they go. To remind us, you've got a shepherd back there that's going to take care of your needs. You have a shepherd that's got nothing but good things for you. Yes, there'll be valleys of the shadow of death, but you can fear none of that. Come on, come back, come back. And so we go out, we, we try to get out of it, or we try to enjoy something that we know we're not supposed to enjoy. And, and, and it doesn't feel like God's love. It doesn't feel like a warm, fuzzy puppy. It feels like this, and, and we know it, and we're like, just stop. Just leave me alone but he's not going to do it. His Holy Spirit just keeps going out again and again. His loving kindness and his goodness says, come back. You know this is where you should be. 
So Jonah um, was a prophet, and God came to Jonah and told him that uh, he told Jonah that he wanted Jonah to um, speak to some people and get them to repent. And Jonah, check this out. This is like so human nature. Jonah didn't really want them to repent. Jonah hated them. Jonah wanted them to be destroyed. It would be like if you were a, a Democrat and God came to you and said, I want you to go and tell the Republicans the good news. And you're like, Republicans? Ugh. Or vice versa. Or like you like are a Laker fan and they, you have to go to the Boston Celtics and share Jesus with them. Never! You know, like, well, I'm just trying to get it, you know, down to you know my level so jonah jonah runs from god he he leaves listen because guys this is so important god the living god talked to jonah and gave him a specific job we would all say i would love for god to come tell me what to do like sometimes you're praying you're like i just don't know what to do i wish god would just why doesn't he just open up the heavens and talk to me he did to jonah and Jonah's like, heck no, I'm not doing that. And he runs the other way. And God's loving kindness and his goodness went after Jonah to pursue him. And so he, he sends a storm and, and Jonah's on a boat and they have to throw Jonah off and Jonah gets swallowed by a fish and all this kind of stuff. And then finally Jonah's, he, he, he got caught by God, right? His loving kindness and goodness chased him down and caught him. And then Jonah prays this prayer. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me from the depths of the grave. You know, all this kind of thing. He's inside the fish. I said, I've been banished from your sight, yet I will look again. All this kind of stuff. And so the fish vomits. It, literally, the Bible says it vomits him up on land, which is just so disgusting. I would just be like, I'd just jump in a vat of Purell, you know, after that. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, you know, it's like, chicka, 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 like, oh, God. You know, that'd be, okay, stop. Um, so watch this. So God's going God's gonna to fix Nineveh. They're, they're going to repent. They're repenting. And Jonah, in ver- chapter 4, verse 1, but Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. Okay? He prayed to the Lord, Oh, Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew, listen, that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Watch. So many times in Scripture, God will speak to us in questions. This is why we're doing the question series. Have you any right to be angry? Now, now, <laughs> I just want you to get this for a minute. Jonah's saying, I'm leaving the flock. I'm going to my own thing. Now, he's already done this, and God sent a, a, a fish to go swallow him. God's already pursued him once, okay? In great fanfare. I mean, sending a fish is pretty cool, okay? And now, Jonah says again, bump this. I'm out of here. And God says, do you have any right to be angry? His 
goodness and his loving kindness. He's extending this to Jonah. Now watch. Jonah went out and sat down at the place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. So there's still kind of some hope that maybe, that maybe God will just be like, you know, and he gets to watch it from, from afar. Uh, then the Lord God provided a vine and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. Man. And Jonah was very happy about the vine. <laughs> but at dawn the next day, God provided a worm and chewed the vine so that it withered. See, that that's more of my parenting style right there. Oh, you know, I'm sorry, you got a problem with that? Uh, how about the vine just gets killed? There, you want to, you, you know, get out of my house. Go live in the park, okay? That's... I've probably given you too much information on my parenting style. Okay. He said, he chewed the vine uh, so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind. Okay, this is more like it, God. And the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint and he wanted to die. He said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you have the right to be angry about the vine? Again, another question. Jonah says, I do have a right to be angry. Now, at this point, if you're a parent, You've had enough, okay? It's like, I'm done. You know what? Fine, go get a job. Do whatever you're gonna do. I, I can't put up with it. But God sends out his goodness and his loving kindness to Jonah again and again and again. Come back to me. Come back to me. This is where you belong. And I mean, is this not a picture of us? We constantly get, get taken away, get swept away by things that we shouldn't be swept away by. Relationships and money and promotion and stuff we know doesn't work. And, and, and God has every right to go fine then. Go ahead. Yet God pursues those he loves. And so it's uncomfortable and you don't like it. And you're like, can't you just leave me alone? I just want to enjoy myself. And God says, no. And he sends out goodness and he sends out loving kindness and they pursue us and they chase us and praise God, praise God that they do. So watch what happens. He says, I, he says I'm angry and I want to die. He says, you, you have any uh, right to be angry? He says, I do. And, but God said, you've been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. Now listen, we get to the heart of God. But Nineveh, has more than 125,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left. See, God wasn't just pursuing Jonah. God was pursuing these lost people who were trapped in their sin. I mean, when you read about Nineveh, they were worshiping idols. It just wasn't working. And God looks down and he goes, that isn't the way it's supposed to be. So I'm going to send out goodness and I'm going to send out loving kindness. I'm going to send out a warning. I'm going to send Jonah there to, to preach the good news to them. And guess what? Jonah did and they all repented. As a matter of fact, they repented so much, they even had the, the animals with ash on their head. Like, I don't know. I mean, you know, you get somebody, they don't, you ever seen someone who's come to uh, a relationship with Jesus and they're just, they don't know anything. And they're just like, oh man, I've been going to church every night. And you're going, you don't have to do that. You know, it's like, it's like, they're just so, they, that's what they were doing. They were repenting and they were having the animals repent practically. Because they're just like, God's worth all this. 
because of God's goodness and his love and kindness that he sent to Nineveh. He had every right to wipe them out. And there are some times in the scripture that he does wipe them out. But not because he's not good and not because he's not loving. And he watches 125,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left. And many cattle as well. See, he noticed the cattle because they were all, had the ash on their head. No, I don't, I don't know why. Okay. Um, should, now listen, should I not be concerned about that great city? Again, another question. And listen, imagine if we were to apply this to our lives. Like imagine if God were telling us, hey, shouldn't I be concerned about your boss? Shouldn't I be concerned about your neighbor? Like shouldn't, shouldn't, Shouldn't my goodness and my loving kindness, shouldn't it extend to everyone to give everybody a chance to have a relationship with me? Isn't that the way it should be? And yet I find myself oftentimes trapped in just the mundane, the just pursuing things that aren't next to my heavenly father. Paul, uh, David writes it this way in um, Psalm hundred and. 39. Um, yeah. See, it's this idea of God's, God's presence and his goodness and his loving kindness just tenaciously going after us. Oh Lord, you've searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. See, I, I, one of the things, that, because I had that Australian shepherd this whole week as I've been thinking about uh, my dog and, and just how in tune he was with his surroundings. I just picture like the sheep, us as like sheep. And as one begins to wander off, my dog, you know, his, he'd be sitting there. His eyes could be even closed and his ears would just go boop. Right? And then he'd open his eyes and he'd look. And I, I just picture God's goodness and his loving kindness. As we begin to kind of step away from where God would have us, God's goodness and loving kindness go, wait, what's that? Where are you going? What are you doing? And we felt that before. Uh, I, at least I have, where I'm starting to go down a path and God's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. And I can hear it. I can hear the dog get up. His goodness and his loving kindness kind of come up. What are you doing? Get back, you know, oh, nothing, nothing. I, just, I wasn't going to bolt. I just got, because see, we are not designed to outrun God's goodness and his loving kindness. We're sheep. And his nature is like an Australian shepherd. And so we bolt and our, our spiritual bodies are too fat and our legs are too thin and we get as far as we can. And then we just, you know, you know, just, was that a goat? That was a goat. Uh, uh, but anyway, and we just collapse, and God's like, exactly. Are you done? Come on back. Now, we're going we're gonna to do something uh, a little different this morning. Um, I'm, I'm going to read this psalm, and, and then we're going to take communion together as a, as a body. Uh, we're not going to come up. We're going to pass it out. And we're going to start to ask this question. As I'm reading this psalm, I want you to begin to think to yourself. I want you to examine your heart. One of the things the Bible says that before you take communion, you should examine yourself. You should see inside. Is there something that's not right? Is there something that I'm, am I starting to get preoccupied with something that God wouldn't have me be preoccupied with? 
Am, am I starting to try to wander away from God or try and find meaning and purpose in some relationship or in some promotion or in some, that God, and I, just, I can hear God's goodness and loving kindness say, hey, come on back. This is a great thing. He accepts us when we come back. And so, so uh, as I read this psalm, I, I want you to listen to the psalm and also I want you to begin to think, God, is there a place in my life where I need to give this up? Maybe you've never made a decision to follow God. Maybe you, it's the furthest thing from your mind, but there's something in you that resonates with this goodness and loving kindness. You can almost look back over your life and go, yeah, this keeps coming up. It's God. He's pursuing you. He wants you to come back into relationship with him or to come into relationship for maybe for the very first time. Here's our God um, that David writes about. (coughs) Oh Lord, you've searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. Oh, Lord, you hem me in behind and before. You get this idea of his nature, you know, his truth and his wisdom and his goodness and his loving kindness all hemming us in, making sure we don't wander off. You've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That is the God that knows us, that loves us, and has provided a way for us to be in relationship with him because of what Christ did on the cross. 